0: Today, we had the pleasure to speak with Charles Cox. Charles is a psychic medium, a spiritualist minister for the Sunset Spiritualist Church. He's a teacher and also founder of the Denver Psychic Development Group, one of the largest psychic development meetup groups in the world. For more information on Sunset Spiritualist Church, you can visit sunsetcamp.org. To learn more about Charles, his website is denver-psychic.com. And to contact myself or Lori, you can email spiritroadpodcast at gmail.com. With that, let's jump into the podcast. Welcome to Awkwardly Zen Presents Spirit Road, a podcast about our spiritual journey where we can be awkwardly ourselves. It's a path that can be funny, absurd, enlightening, and life-changing all at the same time. Join us as we explore this mysterious world and life we live in. I'm Tim Barrons.
1: I'm Laurie Hewitt. And this, this is Spirit Road. Road. Welcome to our podcast tonight. We are having our wonderful friend, Charles Cox, join us. Say hello, Charles.
2: Hello, Charles. (laughs) And we're off. And we're off.
1: Charles, you have been around the Denver area and the metaphysical spiritual community for a very long time. And it's my understanding you have like the oldest meetup or the longest running meetup, let me state that differently, in the area. Is that true?
2: That is. The Denver Psychic Development Group we brought together in uh, 2009. And um, I was excited. I had no idea what to expect. So uh, we formed the group. And a couple days later, I had 30 members. And a couple weeks later, we had our first meetup and had six people show up. And I was as excited as you could be. Now I have like 3,200 members. It just took off. And it was a I think it was the right thing at the right time, the right place. And my hand in it is that this is a fun journey for me. So a lot of my invitational stuff to come into our group was, come play with us. Come have some fun. I'm not a really serious type of spiritual teacher. They're out there, and if you need them, you can find that. But that would not be me. So we just grew and had fun. 12 years later, here we are.
1: That's amazing. And how did your spiritual journey start?
2: That's a great question. It's a great question because I was born to uh, Southern Baptist parents who were certain that I had been switched at the hospital. My mother, I, this is something that interested me from the beginning. There's no there's no family or friend influence, right? I'm five or six years old, and I'm asking questions about dead people and about ghosts and stuff like that. My mom is horrified. So somehow I just came into this world with this. I don't have any magical story beyond that. It was something that interested me. Uh, I'll tell you a quick side story. I had a grandmother who died when I was quite young, my father's mother. I never knew her. They lived in another town. And so I reconnected with a cousin a couple of years ago. And I said, listen, anything you can tell me about Grandma Cox would be great. So he writes me a couple paragraphs. Uh, he's like 10 years older than I am. Couple paragraphs about here, but this one paragraph was great. So Grandpa and Grandma Cox got thrown out of every church in town because Grandma Cox had all these crazy ideas about other side, and she was she clearly was a New Ager, like in the nineteen thirties, (laughs) right? So she's a New Ager and the whole bit. And they got thrown out of they lived in a little town in Kansas. They got thrown out of every church. And what's interesting to me is I never knew her, right? So there's no point that she say something to me or do something that that influenced me along a path, but certainly that DNA is in me because I was never a compliant child when we had to go to the the temple revivals and the burning with the love of Jesus stuff. I just just did nothing for me. I was like, really? Smacking my lips.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So I have two thoughts. My first question is, so as a child, did you receive messages or talk to spirits or did you see them in your room at night or during the day. And my second is, do you feel like that your grandma Cox has been with you? Maybe after she passed, she decided to come back as one of your guides or angels or something.
2: Maybe that I think more because this whole re, this reconnection with the cousin was only just a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm almost 60. So I really don't have, I had no sense at all that there was a connection to this grandmother. I, I'm going to back up. Your first question was, did I see things when I was younger? Mm -hmm. two parts of this story. My parents had a very complicated marriage, and I think that I was the grown-up in the house. So my empathic stuff started when I was little because I was trying to navigate an emotional landscape that probably an eight-year-old shouldn't be navigating. Yes. That was first off, right? Yeah. And then I grew up watching Bewitched. Of course, I had to watch that when mom wasn't home, right? But I could watch Bewitched, so, I think that I, one of the lessons, uh, I always liked Aunt Clara. And the lessons that I got from that was it was Aunt Clara was the character that she'd get her spells wrong and it would turn into something funny. And that was the whole episode. So, here I am, 10 years old. I am psychically navigating a tough situation in this house. And I'm watching Bewitched and I'm thinking, if I just knew the right words, mm-hmm. if I just knew the right words. So, that threw me down a path of, you know, law of attraction long before it was ever called law of attraction. That's how you know you're getting old when you're like, I remember it was something way before <laughs> that. Um, but that's all about getting the right word, right? Most of us are unwilling Aunt Claras. We speak to the universe, this is what I want. And then when it shows up, you're like, that's not what I wanted. I said this, right? And the universe is like, well, that's what you said. So by the time I was in my like 16, I found spiritualist ministers. I don't even have any idea why I did this in Omaha, Nebraska, which is where I grew up. And, um, they were doing seances every Thursday night in their garage. And I called them up and I said, can I come? I had a driver's license. I guess I thought I was 21. (laughs) So (laughs) I called them up. They said, sure, come on out. So I went out for a seance and I was in, I'm 16 years old. My friends are out drinking and carousing, not me every Thursday night. I'm at a seance in Omaha, Nebraska I was blessed with uh, a crazy younger sister. I mean, getting in trouble with the law, crazy younger sister. So my mom figured whatever I was doing every Thursday night that didn't involve the police was probably a plus for her. No worries. No worries. As long as I'm not getting arrested doing readings, I think we're fine. Not that she knew that's what we're doing. But um, I came here to go to college when I was 18 in Colorado and um, never went home. I found spiritualist ministers here that I studied with. Uh, When I was 29, I was ordained a a spiritualist minister. So I'd been in the spiritualist church for probably seven years at that point. And uh, the rest is history. I just enjoy, I've always felt like I'm an ambassador for spiritualism. It's a fading religion that got sucked up into New Age stuff. And the New Age people, as they do with everything, just pick and choose all the good stuff and just throw the rest, history and other pieces of it away. So um I'm kind of an ambassador for spiritualism and uh, I'm the senior minister at our church which is located in Kansas. So that's that's my that's the 30,000 foot story.
0: I'd love to ask you the differences between spiritualism and yeah. maybe some of what you describe as 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 new age that's going on today like um as a spiritual ambassador what would you say to someone who is new to that idea?
2: So the deal is, it, uh, someone already has some belief in the other side. Then, as an ambassador, I'm like, do you know where that came from? Right? So they don't have, most people, particularly the New Age uh, movement, don't have any any of the history of the beginnings of spiritualism. But if you go back to the Fox Sisters in the, in the 1850s, 1860s, that's not the beginning either. So before that was uh, Swedenborg, who was doing all this spiritualist stuff but the birth of the modern church happened in with the Fox sisters in upstate New York, late 1850s and sixties. So as an ambassador, I feel like I'm a teacher, right? So people just think, well, is that just, uh, that just is, but do you know what the history, how do we come up to today? How do we get up to today where we even think there is another side? Who are the people that told your people that told your people that you could talk to dead people? So the, the, the purpose of spiritualism is to prove the existence of the soul after the death of the body. That's all it was. And it really, it really hit a crescendo during, uh, during the Civil War. It's really a time in history that none of us can imagine. More people died in the Civil War than in any other war that we've ever been involved with, including World War I, which was we were just throwing fodder at them. But still, Civil War holds the record. And we sent families, sent whole brothers off, right? Sets of brothers off. And it's not the army that we knew today, that we know today. They just went away. So if your kid was killed in a battlefield, there was no sergeant who came to your door and said, Laurie, I have bad news about your son. You're, you watched your kid march away, and they just never came back. So as spiritualism explodes onto the into pop culture, that whatever pop culture was in 1860, a lot of people were... They gravitated toward it because they wanted to reach out. They sent someone off to war years ago that never came back, right? There are records that President Lincoln did seances in the White House, and that is not in dispute. There are two different uh, accounts of this. One of them is that he was doing them because so many other people were doing seances that it made him look like the common man, right? In the same way that you may see President Clinton with a fried chicken or... President Bush with a McDonald's burger, right? I'm pretty certain that's not what they're eating every day, but it makes them look like, Hey, I just had that the other day. So Lincoln, I think that's, I think that's plausible, but his wife, they had lost a child and she was very grieved over that. So I think there, I think it's a little bit of both in that, in that history, but that's how that's as an ambassador. That's the kind of stuff that I talk about. But my fear is I'm going to start talking like an old man very quickly. Um, <laughs> My fear is uh, uh, with cell phones, all of us holding a portable computer in our hands, we can actually look up any piece of information about anything, but there's no context, right? So when when I start talking about mediumship and talking to the other side, there has to be some context so that you understand what it is that you are reaching out toward. And you come into a beginning class with me, and I'll tell you there are all kinds of things in this journey, on this spiritual journey, whatever journey you're on. There are all kinds of things that are unknowable, unknowable. So you have to wrap your arms around unknowable, because if you get stuck in, I can figure this out. I I honestly think people make themselves crazy. You're trying to figure this out. There is no figuring this out. right? And for me, when spirit speaks to me and delivers me a message, that message and the validity of it, that it works itself out, that's all the proof I need. I don't need to watch the Science Channel and see how they're figuring out about multiple universes and parallel universes. And I think that's pretty cool. I think that when my I think that when my body stops operating, I don't think my soul travels light years from here. I think <laughs> I think I might just step out as though I took off a coat, piece of clothing, laid it on the bed. I'm done with that. And um, so these are the things I, that I talk about.
0: I'm curious too, just in relation to speaking to spirit or having messages come through, how has that changed for you through the years? Like, do you find the messages that you're receiving now at this point in time, are they different from what they were say 20 years ago?
2: Yes. And different than they were 40 years ago. So you cannot discount personal experiences. And I don't mean with the psychic world. I just mean personal experiences I uh, tutored a young woman who, 18 or 19, has some unbelievable raw talent. Just unbelievable. And I told her, I said, I cannot wait to talk to you when you're 30 or 40. And she said, why? And I said, because there's some life tempering that helps my messages, helps me understand what Spirit's saying to me, right? And she said, like, what? And I said, oh, I said, I think you have to lose a loved one. I think you have to lose a pet, right? I think you have to have some really weird life experiences. I think you have to have your heart broken. And at 18, she said, oh, I've had my heart broken. And I thought, oh, lady, you have no idea what's (laughs) (laughs) my heartbreak at 18 and my heartbreak at 25 are not even existing in the same galaxy, right? Right. But that adds, for me, it adds compassion. I think when I was younger, I was more, well, Laura, you just need to do that. You just need to do that, right? I understand that, (laughs) changes that we make in our life particularly particularly as we get older that those changes are like like turning a very large boat and the boat can't take a left-hand turn boat can't stop turn around and then go back the other way it just it doesn't work like that and so my messages for sure are more tempered now i think a message that i get from spirit a lot for a client is that they have a choice and i think i had to learn in my life that I have a choice so that I could deliver that message. So a lot of people come to me and they'll say, well, this is what's happening and this is what's going to happen because it's just going to happen. Why would that be? Well, that's just it. That's what's going to happen. There could be a choice. Could we choose something else? And their eyes will blaze over. Yeah. That's in that moment. For me, I see a client is having a moment of healing. And that to me is why, I think that's why a spirit comes forward in a reading. They know you're going to be okay, right? This The the costume you're wearing right now, Lori. the costume you're wearing right now, Tim, that costume is not made to last forever. But the, whatever energizes you, whatever lights you up, that is the true who you are. So from the other side, they can see you're going to be fine. This costume you're wearing is going to wear out. You're just going to take it off. The messages that come through are oftentimes about that you have a choice. And oftentimes, it'll be a parental figure that'll come through because they live their life not feeling they had a choice, that they come through. It's crazy important to them that you understand you have a choice. So yes, very different over time And, and tempered by my life experiences. At 59 years old, I've lost both my parents. I've lost my only sibling. I feel pretty young to have all this loss in my life. But it tempers me. It helps me to understand what people are going through.
1: How do you receive messages for folks? Are you hearing it? Is it intuitive?
2: So this is where I always give away more about myself than I want you to know. This has nothing to do with messages. Once I start telling this, you'll know. So I'm really a sci-fi geek. I'm grateful for modern ophthalmology because... Hundred years ago, I wore glasses that were like pop bottle thick. So not only am I a geek, but you could see me coming at a hundred yards. You're like geek coming. Okay. So this receiving messages to me is like a sci-fi thing. So this is where I'm going with the geek thing. It's kind of like a sci-fi thing. My office that I read in is um, the lighting is low. It's certainly not dark, but it's not the fluorescent lights we talked about earlier, right? And there will be like two dimensions that are existing at once so Lori, i will see you but i will see spirit that will step up i'm really in my life in my everyday life i'm not really much of a control freak but doing readings i am so if three or four spirits come up at one time i'm like "Mm, mm." (laughs) right we're going to talk to mom we're going to talk to dad we're going to talk to right over here there's none of this like excited children that have had too much sugar "Ah." um Something that happened over time, and I don't have any reason for this because I, I didn't, this is not of my own design. Spirits started showing themselves in position to me. Laura, I'm, just, I'm looking at you. Your father and anyone connected with your father's side of the family is on your left. Your mother and anyone connected with your mom's side of the family is on your right. And as those families go up, right? So your mom's grandma is standing behind your mom, or at least that position. That's how they identify themselves to me. So rarely in a reading while I say, well, there's some spirit here, right? I'm usually jumping right into it. Listen, this is your dad's brother. Did your dad have a brother? Yes. He's here. Why? And then we'll get into why isn't dad here? Because sometimes dad's religious. And what's funny is they don't, have, they don't hold these feelings on the other side, but this is how they identify So my mother would not want to come into a reading, Lori, if you were reading for me, not because she doesn't understand what's going on. That's part of her ID. Mm. That's in this life of who she was. She's not that now, right? Mm. I always laugh about this. Someone says to me, Charles, your mother's here. She's this bright light. She's all loving and warm. And I'm like, not my mom, (laughs) (laughs) right? And I'm not being a jack about my mom. Just that's not a good description of my mom. And so they'll come through with pieces back to the proving the existence of the soul after death. They're giving me pieces that you are, I, I want you to be absolutely sure that's who I'm talking to. I'll give you just a quick example. I was reading for a woman recently and um, reading's going great. Her father had passed away and he's standing here and he's sharing messages and she's getting the whole thing. And, um, I said, just out of the blue, I said, well, you know, it is what it is. And I just hate that expression. And so now i don't think I'm in the reading. I'm really kind of chiding myself. I'm like, well, dude, you're college educated. You're articulate. You should come up with something better than it is, but it is. But then I said it again. I'm like, I am having, I'm having a medical event or something. I have no idea what the deal is. When I said it the second time, she kind of cried. She said, that's what's written on his tombstone. Oh, Oh, wow. Got it. So he's standing here he's making me talk like a dumbass, so you'll know it's him that's the kind of stuff then the rest the messages from there are easy once you get it but that's there's someone standing there that connects with you
0: It's an interesting thought this idea that when spirit comes to us, they want us to know who they are in relation to who they were in this lifetime in your experience how how would how would spirit identify with themselves beyond that, like, do you ever find yourself more in the realm of, say, guides or personas that exist outside of um, any single lifetime?
2: I do. I'll, I'll go back to a second about the how they identify themselves. Sure. So I think a good example is an actor. So if you're a Star Trek fan, I'm showing sure i like geeky sci-fi aside again. William Shatner is Captain Kirk, right? That's who we identify that we see him as that. But William Shatner really is not Captain Kirk. And I think when we take off this costume and lay it down, that the soul, whatever this energy is that animates us, is like an actor. I came here to play this role. And so when William Shatner is interviewed about Star Trek, then he brings in all that Star Trek stuff and tells funny anecdotes about it, whatever. But I'm sure he's not telling that over the dining room table. So... I, I think spirit at least my, my feeling when they come in is that spirit is they understand that this persona is not who they are. They get that and I think that happens instantly at death. Everything about my experience is let go except for my connections with people right nobody cares if just nobody cares and including the soul. So the guides are, are interesting to me. For all the readings I've done, I am almost inclined to tell you that close-in guides, like the guides that are here with you from birth to death, are really manifestations of your higher self. So your soul pushes down into this costume, but clearly can't fit in this costume all the time. So you have parts of yourself that are out of time and out of space right here right? That are looking around and bringing in information, but it's really just part of your soul. Just something to think about. Um, yeah. Other guy, I've there are energies for sure. For me, I think the universe wants to communicate wants desperately to communicate with us. So if the only way Lori will listen is if we create Archangel Michael and you're like, dude, Arch, Archangel Michael, talk to me. Well, that makes a huge assumption that there really is an Archangel Michael. But if that's the vehicle that it took to get you to listen to that message, they don't care. And so I, to me, I think there's this wanting to communicate with us in any way possible. And that to me explains all the religions. Spirit wants to speak to you. And if, if Jesus is the guy or Abraham is the guy or whoever, right. Kuan Yen is the lady. It's the messages, it's that that flows through that persona that's really important.
0: Yeah, I do think it's interesting to think about how we experience these messages through the filters of our beliefs and our understandings of how things work, even in speaking with others who have different beliefs about. I would make the comparison because it's come up in our conversations a lot lately between, say, spirit guides and interstellar beings or beings of light or whatever you might call them, that I just find it very interesting that regardless of belief or even regardless of my belief, that the messages that I've had exposure to that have come through are very similar to to what someone else might share through the filter of a different belief. And they have a lot in common. So it's like, it's getting us in touch with source or the universe, whatever you might want to call it and and the different ways that it wants to communicate with us. So yeah, I think that's fascinating.
2: There's a great uh, story. I think it's a Buddhist story. I'm I'm not recalling, but I think it's Buddhist. But tell the story about these farm workers that are in the field. And there's a road that runs down the middle of the field. And God appears at one end of the field at the head of the road. And this particular God is a trickster God. So he's wearing a hat that is red on one side and blue on the other. So he walks down and everybody knows. Everybody knows they are looking at God. God gets down to the end of the road. He turns around. He also turns his hat around. So the people who are seeing the red still see the red. And people seeing the blue are still seeing the blue. And then he just disappears. And the people in the field come together and they're like, oh, wow, we were just in the presence of God. This was, you know, just, I feel moved and in all of this energy. And someone says, yeah, I'm that blue hat. And another person says, no, the hat was red. And that's how they explain this, that we'll be in the presence of God. And there's something in our psychology that we want to break it. We want to break it up into pieces, right? I'm going to take you to task. What do you mean he had a red hat? Dummies, he had a blue hat. Are you colorblind? What's wrong with you? Next thing we know, we got two sects, we got two religions, we got right, all this craziness as opposed to being in the presence of. But I think being, if you've ever had a a moving, powerful spiritual experience, there's not much duality to it. And there's no way to go back short of a head injury to to lose that experience because it is transcendent beyond this beyond this place. And so we have to put to tell those stories, we have to put labels on it, right? So I had some pretty lady from the Pleiades talking to me and Laurie's talking to Archangel Michael, Tim, some Native American relatives are speaking to you, right? Sure. And yet the messages, just to your point, are the important, we get caught up in the details and not the messages, right? If dad can tell me that uh, it is what it is, is what's written on his grave, do I see him as he was here? an exercise you can do is stand someone in the center of the room, have everyone look at them and turn them around and turn around and then have them try to describe him. Mm. Right. We don't even see people the same way. Right. Right? And then we'll get caught up in, well, then I don't think that was really your dad.
1: Let me come back a minute to when you're talking with someone's family member and they're coming through really showing through their personality or how they were when they were in the physical Then is there a a point at which they, once the person you're reading with kind of knows, okay, yeah, that's grandma, then does that being shift a bit out of that personality that they were and bring other messages in from that larger perspective as a soul?
2: If they do that, I don't see a shift in, I don't see a visual shift. Uh But I think for sure that would have to happen, right? Because your mother, my mother coming through, they're coming from a different place to talk mm-hmm. to us about the world we live in. Right. Mm-hmm. So their 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 perspective couldn't help but color the message. But I, I don't see it as a I know exactly what you're talking about, right? Do I eventually see Captain Kirk as William Shatner? No. I just see Captain Kirk. That's the character that I see.
1: Do and the messages is. shift though, from what mm-hmm. they're okay. And how do the messages shift?
2: Well, oftentimes we'll get down to what the issues are right here. On the spirit side, they're not in this time continuum that we're at. They're not seeing things. They have everything from a different perspective. So they'll address what the issue is that's going on with you. Oftentimes, like I said, that there's a choice. They'll identify to me what the issue is. Then that there's, do you know there's a choice? Mm-hmm. Did you know, there could be, you're telling me it's either one or two. Did you know there's actually a three? And oftentimes the answer to that is no, I did not know that. And let's talk about three, right? Because one's not good, two's not good. Let's talk about three. And more personal, I they just get they'll get really personal with the client about both about their relationship with the person who's passed, mm-hmm. and then and then advice about certain whatever the issues are. I think most people come because they want to make that connection, and mm-hmm. they're open to hear whatever.
1: I was working with a gal, and her parents showed up and her big reason for wanting to chat with them was because of her guilt around selling the family home Mm -hmm. the family farm Mm -hmm. and their response was it's not that big a deal it's just a house it's just you know that's where we lived and now it's not that important anymore and that was huge for her because it was like they gave her the okay to let go of that guilt
2: You know, we have this in in our physical lives, right? So many of us, and I'm pointing at myself as I do this, oftentimes are looking for other people to give me permission, right? And so when spirit can come through, that's a very powerful message. Yes. That was our home. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I have happy memories in that home. I'm not here anymore. That home is not our home anymore. It doesn't take away any of those happy messages or any happy memories about that. That's powerful.
1: Yeah, it really was very powerful. And that's pretty much what they said. It served a purpose, and now we're not attached to it anymore.
2: I read um, read for a lady um, recently, and uh, first thing her mother comes through, and first thing mom says to me, I relate to the client. And what mom said to me was, the Bible says, honor thy father and thy mother. And then she said to me, you are not honoring me by living the same crappy life I've lived. And the client, I mean, this, we're like 90 seconds or two minutes into the reading, right? I mean, you're, here's my opening volley. <laughs> this is where This is where we're going, right? And now she's crying. And she's like, she goes, I think every day that I'm living this life like my mom. And I'm like, your mom's telling you, right? You're probably not thinking about it that I'm honoring my mother and my father, but you are. On some level, you are honoring. You're trying to honor your mom by living the same crappy life. You are not your mom. Make another choice. And that was a great reading. And 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 it was oftentimes in readings. If you're reading Lori, you probably have the same thing. There were messages in that reading for me. Mm. I've lived longer than almost everyone in my family, and I'm not really that old. It's very weird. So I don't have to. I can take all the good stuff that I got from them, and whatever stuff that doesn't work for me. I should probably let go anyway because it doesn't work for me. Without no high, no high drama, you know. Yeah. Hey, did you try that laundry detergent I told you about? That didn't really <laughs> work for me. Okay, right. But we. But if it's if it's anything beyond laundry detergent, if it's something great grandma said to you while she took her last breath on this plane, right? We hold on to it, choke it together, we shake it like a little, uh, like a stuffed toy. Mm-hmm. All the stuffing comes out. Grandma doesn't care
1: exactly yeah she doesn't care
2: be happy she wants you to be happy she wants to be happy be healthy be loved these are terrible things that the other side wants for us
1: yes absolutely
2: that's right that's right
1: (laughs) it is so terrible they want us (laughs) to be happy and know that it's they're loving us
2: yes yes terrible it's just it's (laughs) yes part of the psychology just Lastly, part of the psychology, we feel alone in this life because we're separated from each other, right? Yes. So on the other side, they see that we're not separated from one. We're not separated from them. We're not separated from one other. And some people have never heard that message, right? That's, and that's not even yeah. a psychic thing. I might be sharing a message that they have just flat out never heard or never considered. That in itself can be healing right there. Very, Very powerful. powerful.
0: Well, it's amazing how fast the time flies. Um, yes. I, did, I did want to take a moment before we, before we close here just to ask you um, if anyone was interested in learning more about you and what you do and the, or about the Spiritualist Church. I'd love it. Anything you care to share about where folks can find you and, and your meetup? And...
2: If you go to um, denver-psychic.com, that's my website.
0: Wonderful.
1: Thank you for being here. This was lovely. Are you, just real quick, are you doing any new classes or having any events that you're going to
2: be doing soon? We are. It's Saturday, September 4th at Discover Your Spiritual Gifts is uh, Meet Your Guardian Angels and um, Spirit Guides. It's a fun class. And for some people, it's a it's a reacquaintance class. Mm-hmm. And for other people, it's a first time having that sense that there's something here with them. That I mentioned this earlier. One. You may, it may not be a profound spiritual experience, but one of the first spiritual experiences you'll get is that somebody's on this path with you. That's helpful. Yes. That's helpful that you're not in this alone because the psychology just, we look different and we, we feel different. We think we feel different. We feel like everyone else, but we can, I can't tell what you're feeling. So these are all my feelings that are just mine, mine, mine. So when you can have, when you can help someone to discover that there's something there with you and that the purpose of the guides and the spirit. Um, the Spirit Guides and the Guardian Angels, they're here to help you. That's their job. You don't have to placate them or, right? They don't have human emotions. They're not um, passive aggressive, like, screw you. You you haven't listened to me for 40 years. So, wow, I'm here, but now you get to hang out for a while. They're just not like that. So that's the class we're doing on the 4th of September.
0: Yeah, well, thanks so much for being here with us today.
2: Thank you.